The Meeting of David and Jonathan by John Addington Simmons Read for LibriVox.org by Moon Lilith The Meeting of David and Jonathan All day the battle raged. Ere eventide came Abner to the tent of Saul and cried, Wouldst thou this eve, O king, behold the boy whose single arm turned Israel's grief to joy? Yea, spake the king. So Abner bowed and went forth to the sunlight from the shadowy tent, and on his spear leaned Jonathan to greet, with Saul, the coming of victorious feet. A little space was silence, while the king bowed his huge forehead, black and pondering. But Jonathan, with eager eyes, afire because of this great deed, in strong desire gazed at the tent door. Then a sound was heard of one who swiftly ran, yet scarcely stirred the withered grass on the parched sward without. And far away thundered the people shout. The curtain rose. In poured the ruddy sun, sparing a slender stripling, dim and dun amid that glory, like an olive tree, high on a hilltop you can hardly see for all the fire behind it. Round his hair, flaming like gold, God set the golden glare, a coronal whereof the radiant smote Saul's eyes. And in the center, like a moat, swam the sweet boy's face, marvelously wan, with wonder and with awe, for thinking on the miracle his sling and stone had wrought. Since now the deed was grown, a thing for thought to feed on, much he pondered how the Lord had stayed him, trusting not to spear or sword. Yea, in his hand the hideous bulk he swung, with shattered forehead and with stiffening tongue thrust through that spasm-tortured lips of death, seemed like a shape of dreams that vanished when we awake. And lo, the morn is new o'er field and forest in the birth of dew. The curtain fell behind him. Then he stood in twilight at the knees of Saul, whose mood was troubled. Next he knelt and laid the head, tawny with tangled hair, with death drops red, prone neath the monarch's stool, then raised his eyes, like stars, forth leaning from the western skies that still hold daylight, wonderful and dim, they caught the souls of those who gazed at him. Saul loved him, but in Jonathan, was stirred more love than Saul's soul held. Yet not one word as yet was spoken. Then the monarch cried, Whose son art thou, thou young man? He replied, I am thy servant Jesse's son, who dwell at Bethlehem. As some still mountain well is silvered on its surface by the slow arising of the full moon orbed and low, from star-set peaks impeditant. So the tone of that melodious voice 
thrilling alone through the tense stillness, changed the, the yearning deep within the breast of Jonathan, and sleep fell from his soul. A man by love new made, his every hope upon the heart was laid of Jesse's son. Then, as he bent and burned, the eyes of David on his eyes were churned. And in that moment, their twin lives became the single splendor of one spiry flame, shooting from sundered brands to blend the might of married fires and leaped aloft with light. Yet Saul knew not thereof. For eye to eye spake thunderstrong in silence. And the cry of spirit unto spirit left no trace upon the God-illumed gazing face of David. Nor could Saul behold how wan with luster of new life was Jonathan. For Saul sat buried in a dream of fear spurning the giant's head and clutched his spear. Feeling by throes prophetic that some doom his soul discerned not through the gathering gloom on God's will waited, that strong love to hate would turn, he knew not how, by bitter fate. Therefore, while thus he brooded, and thick sighs shook his vast frame, the mute o'ermastering eyes of Jonathan drew David. Forth they went together with firm footfall from the tent, and lo, the sun was sunken, and the dews began to fall on slumberous avenues of plain and palm and pine, a mighty wood where gods might dwell in whispering solitude. Thither with David, fleet of foot, and still, lest men should mar his purpose. From the hill unto the valley shadows went and ran, large in the lucent twilight, Jonathan. There, by an ancient home oak, huge and tough, clasping the firm rock with gnarled roots and rough, he stayed their steps, and in his arms of strength took David, and for sore love found at length solace in speech and pressure and the breath wherewith the mouth of yearning winnereth hearts overcharged for utterance. In that kiss, soul unto soul was knit and bliss. To bliss. Then, for the prince found bare embracement scant to stand for token of such covenant as he would strike with David, from his waist he plucked the girdle, and his robe unlaced that fell around his loins. Next the blade, hilted with ivory and gold, he laid upon the grass before him and his bow. These things he gave to Jesse's son, that so, 
wearing his raiment and his armor, he within his sight a second self might be. Nor were words wanting, for he bowed his head even to the breast of Jesse's son, and said, Nay, take them, David. Darling art thou called, darling of all men, darling of the Lord, but most my darling, mine, whose heart is thralled, whose soul is even as thy soul. Take this sword, wherewith I smote the Philistines, what time swarming they fled from Michmash, horde by horde, to Agilon. Take this, my bow, the prime of you bows, fashioned for an archer's hand, this mantle and this belt, wherewith I climb Saul's throne, or in the gate for judgment stand. Take all, for all I have hath fallen to thee, and I am thine. Lo, as a winter wand, flowerless and leafless, on the almond tree waiteth, till on a sudden spring doth wake the wonder of her beds to ecstasy? So does my soul beneath thy beauty break her prison bands of deadness. Yea, I lean forth to thy sweetness and thy strength to slake with dews of life, with heaven-shed light serene, the drought that still hath bound me. Till this eve I lived not, now I live. Now find how keen are those swift shafts with the Lord doth cleave the hearts of lovers. I am not like thee, godlike in voice, in jester, yet can weave kindness around thee until the people see thou art their prince as I am, yea, till thou, my better, take and wield this sovereignty while I beneath thy throne in homage bow, Skyon of Jesse, like an airy palm that nestles neath a sheltering cedar bough until her time be come. Then, strong and calm, shoots heavenward, shadowing with ascendant crest the somber roof that nursed her, dropping balm into the sable cedar's rugged breast. Shalt thou over me and mine upsoar. God sent, with gifts prophetic, and with fervor blessed beyond such lot as ours. I am content to be thy second. Let us stand together, we twain, against the world, indifferent to fate and fortune. In clear summer weather, Twin eagles I have seen sailing along the cloudless blue, twin rows upon the heather bounding. The like are we, so strong of bone, so fleet of foot, so firm of will, to raise the heathen remnant from this land and throne Jehovah in this seat of steadfast praise. Oh, for the beauty of thy brows, my brother. Oh, 
for thy keen, unwavering, royal gaze. Dearer art thou than sister or than mother, than mooned eyes of maidens. For should death take thee, where in the whole world dwells another to wake my winter, and with spirit breath stir the sealed fountains of my slumbering life? Dear to my heart is she who teareth now at the tent door for my feet, the wife whose breasts are built with beauty as a tower. Dear is the damsel I have gained in strife, and soothed and tended like a stricken flower, till she too loved me. But this love, this wonder, that leaps upon me with a warrior's power, whose eyes are lightning, and whose voice is thunder, wherein the flesh is not, the heart's life all, who rives the crystal walls of heaven asunder, who welds my soul to thine, a willing thrall. This love, this life, this word of living God, lo, David, he is Lord. He bids us fall here in this place upon the hallowed sod to swear a sacrament and solemn vow. Stretch forth, I prithee thee, stretch thy shepherd's rod. See, it is broken. This is mine. Take thou that part. Neither time nor chance shall sever the troth that we have plighted. Brow to brow, let us pace forth to live one soul forever. So from his heart spake Jonathan. The trees waved their still summits in the evening breeze, and all around was holy. Then between the leafy chasms of that cleft ravine came sound of dance and timbrels. Maidens sang, and with their shrill replies the valleys sang. Saul has slain his thousands, so cried the corps, and David his ten thousands. Like a fire, the amphenol triumph flooding flew from lip to lip, but even fainter grew the cry for Saul, while David's name, more clear, O lute and viol, smote the listening air. Saul, in his tent, was stirred. What more remains but that he take the kingdom for his pains? And on the eyes of Jonathan, there fell visions of love to hate more deep than hell, turned in a breast rebellious of pure love, forced to fly forth a weak and wandering dove, oh, the wild waste of water, for he knew Saul's soul. Thus homeward feared they through the dew. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain.